Record, DJ Kladnich, the Serbian Prince. Of course. <laughs> well, this is a, a way better way to get you on the podcast than a hotel room in Sofia, Bulgaria. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, this studio is amazing and definitely uh, feel more uh, more on the podcast than when yeah. we were <laughs> sitting on the bed with a small mic on the phone. <laughs> we just had phone. the mic that plugged into my phone. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, that year, I was talking to Delaney because my season's pretty much done. Um, you're leaving for Chicago, what, tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow morning, like tomorrow morning. 6.30. And by the time this comes out, it'll be Chicago will be well over. But I think that that 2021 season is easily the most memorable I'll ever have. Because me and A-Rob, we played in like maybe 12 international tournaments between FIVB and random domestic tours. Yeah, that was a good run for you guys. We were all over. Travel, <laughs> we were all over. <laughs> I hope you had the car deals and stuff. I know you were mentioning in previous episodes. <laughs> like, you know, the flights and, you know, like, lunges. Yeah. That's the moment. Yeah, just living off of uh, points and lounges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're one of the rare people, and I would include myself, that actually, like, 2020 was a great year. Yeah. Um, for me, when including like you know like it's a year and a half gap with a uh, covid people complain like oh it was like a bad year no competition and this and that but for me it was a great time i was actually thinking to stop at that time and then i met ricardo and played with him a couple tournaments and yeah. phil and Piotr and everybody else who, who andy who logan weber who yeah. made the, that season like the best season that i had so far yeah and you know like after that i think I got way more motivated, and after that season, I felt as a better player, and that motivated me for, like, continuing and actually being where I am now. Yeah. That had to have been, like, Disneyland for you, because, I mean, Serbia is not, you don't have a ton of options Yeah, but Serbia. Not, not only Serbia. At that time, there was no tournaments in whole Europe. Right. And I flew to, to Florida, and my mom is like, what are you doing? Like, you're going literally to, you know, like, there, was, there were colors, and, like, uh, how many cases there are. I'm going in like epicenter and my mom is like, what are you doing? I'm like, mom, there's tournaments there. Yeah. So when I got there, I was supposed to stay a month and when I saw the calendar because they just opened the beach and a whole like, all the organizers wanted to make tournaments. It was like yeah. back to back to back and I'm like, I'm moving my car so I stayed like six <laughs> months instead of one month and played literally almost every weekend like you there was maybe one every weekend in it Florida. was insane and yeah. everybody was so motivated because everybody was so hungry mm-hmm. um and funny enough florida was a place it's one of the rare times that had so many blockers and not enough defenders <laughs> so it was like a defender's paradise yeah. you know like you could choose blockers every single tournament yeah and like you could practice with big blockers and it was great it yeah. was such a good, and, such a good year. And that's so funny to like look back. Like everyone knows like playing with Ricardo and Phil, like that's crazy. But then in retrospect, like picking up Andy, now one of the best blockers in the world, picking up Logan, who just took a third in Manhattan. Like you play with some damn good people. Yeah, I was I was lucky enough, but I, I knew that they're like the quality. I was actually happy in that moment to play with them. Yeah. Um, also, I was happy enough that they left me on the left side. So both of them <laughs> sacrificed uh, their yeah. left sides to play right sides. <laughs> But yeah, there, it was kind of like great mixture of playing with experienced people like Ricardo and then playing with people who are upcoming, but really yeah. good physical people like Andy and Logan. So yeah, really good. Start. Was that that wasn't your first time playing in the U.S., was it? No, I came first time 2017 when me and uh, Lazar, my current partner on a yeah. world tour, we we came to Florida for like two months and then we played Dig the Beach and a couple of Florida tournaments. Yeah, um, I think we lost in the finals against some Brazilians. Not Rick. Ric- Ricardo. No, we actually won the tournament. 
We won the tournament. There were a couple of people that I, I don't remember we played, but yeah. Jay Kurushia told me he was there. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple more players. Like, that was... Piotr was there, so... Okay. It was a, a fun first year, you know, to, like, start meeting people. You yeah. Know? And you're... Uh, obviously, you played AVP for the first time this year, but what uh, what did you do internationally this year? Did you try to keep your points up? So, we kind of, like... We kind of missed... Misplanned it. Yeah. Um, last year, when I got back from U.S., my partner was not ready because he he takes usually a break. He lives he lives in Serbia. He has his business. Mm-hmm. Um, since Serbia doesn't really support beach volleyball too much, um, we really fight our own ways. And I found my way here, and he stayed there starting the business. So yeah. Um, last year we as soon as I came back, I think next week we were already in Madrid on a future event, okay. and just didn't feel great. Like we were not we were not like strategically and technically like we didn't really match yet mm-hmm. we needed some time to prepare so we actually lost that qualification and then we lost greece qualifications and then i think we lost one more qualifications and we're like okay our points are done and those were futures yeah like oh. we almost lost all the points yeah, those and like dangers. got out of the race because <laughs> after that we could not get in yeah so i think on a third or a fourth event we qualified in lithuania and we got some points back. Yeah. And we were already signed up for Turkey, which already the list came out. So even though we lost points, we still had another chance. It's like yeah. a bonus chance. Yeah. And we won Turkey. And you that's where all the points sc- got back. Skyball like, ace, right? Uh, yeah. For the win. Yeah. <laughs> that's so badass. It was, it was, we were sky, I was skyballing the whole tournament. It was the windiest tournament ever. Yeah. And like a tournament before that, I was skyballing and I was thinking like, this is maybe a bad idea. Like <laughs> people start telling me like, maybe you should float, you know, like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm done with Skyball. And yeah. then we got to Turkey and it was so windy. I'm like, okay, last chance. Like, <laughs> let me try again. I, I love serving Skyball, but sometimes it's not effective. And I'm like, okay, let's try. And it was so windy that honestly it was easier to Skyball than jump serve. Really? Like, it was so windy that if you toss, the ball would move. So Lazar underhand serve from the bad side. <laughs> and I, I like basically floated. And from the good side, he would jump serve like half, like half toss full power in the wind somewhere yeah and i was skyballing and i think skyball was more efficient because like you just toss off your hand yeah where like jump serve would move so much mm-hmm. so actually like i think i had more points than people would jump serving just because i could be more consistent so <laughs> it was a perfect tournament for us got us back in the you know in the game we got a lot of points and then we were we were able to play like morocco and then australia so yeah we got enough points to like be in top 100 we were i think 70 or 60 in the world okay and then we were planning to play this year, but not make the same mistake. Kind of, okay, I'm going to go back. We're going to prepare. And then we're going to play the summer. But somehow tournaments were not, there were not a lot of challengers. There was only Espino. And before that, it was Yurmala. Mm-hmm. But Yurmala was too soon. So we're like, okay, we cancel Yurmala. And then we wanted to go to Espino, but it was at the same time as Austria. Um, they're a really big tournament at the, yeah. at the lake uh, in Litzelberg. And we played that last year, and that was probably the best tournament we ever played. Really? Dude, it's on the lake. It's beautiful. The lake is amazing. Like, mountains behind, super clean. It's driving so like driving distance from Serbia, so the yeah. whole family can come. Oh, awesome. And it's full stadium. And last year when we were there, we felt the vibe. We lost the quarterfinals to Perisic and Schweiner. What event is that? It's that was a, a Futures? No, it's a it's national a, tournament. Okay. Like really big national tournament. I've heard that the Austrian tour is awesome. Dude, it's the best the best tournament I played. Yeah. Like I'd never played elite like uh, you know, quarterfinals or anything. Mm-hmm. I never played challenger semifinals, like not yet, yeah. hopefully. But there was so many people. Like yeah. 
so many people. And last year when we were there, we were sitting after quarterfinals. We lost to Bergen Schweiner, and we were watching finals, and we were like, "This is amazing." Like, yeah. I wish we were on the court. So we we really wanted to feel that this year. Mm -hmm. So we actually canceled Espino to play that. Nice. And we we managed to make it the semis, and um, we we end up third, which was probably the best tournament we played this season. Yeah. Internationally. Because Austria, I mean, that's a good federation. It's they're they're really like they have a culture. Yeah. And that's that's the impressive part. They know how to make tournaments. Um, mm -hmm. I know some people from US talk about how to make Beach Volleyball successful. That's a good model. Like yeah. people come, they party, they drink beer, they dance, they, you know, scream like it's amazing. And yeah. like, you know, they would play a song like My Block or whatever and they all know the choreography. Yeah. You know, they have the culture. Like they're yeah. the fans are there. And that's why Klagenfurt and Vienna and all these mm -hmm. big tournaments like are so good cuz like yeah. the culture is there. I think the models should be like kind of copied to other places. Yeah. But back to the story, like we we canceled Espino and we were planning to play the tournaments in the end of the year. But the since I'm F1 student, international student in the US, uh, the rule changed. And now because COVID allow everyone to study online, now they want us in class. So I'm not supposed to travel. So all the travel that we planned for the end of the year to Got play it. challengers, we're not able to do. <clears throat> Damn. So now we like, didn't really do anything and like we're losing points so we're in the tough place right now for international can you like uh freeze your points um the, like they also just... there was a rule for that before but now it's like you cannot unfreeze it the whole year or something like 365 days or something yeah. um but basically we had the plan to play two future events uh it was um it was the previous week which was i think Brno. And okay. then this week, Italy. Um, and somehow I qualify for Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> defender, so, defender, baby. Honestly, I didn't expect that's going to happen. So we were still signed up. We were planning. I had the ticket to go back and I qualified for Chicago. And I'm like, okay, I'm really happy. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know what to do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we're losing points, but I really want to play Gold Series, you know, main draw, 16 teams. Like, it's something I was dreaming of like, right. for years. So obviously that's going to be my choice, but now I'm like, okay, let's plan what we're going to do next. So internationally, plans are still kind of floating there. Uh, I'm going back to play Mediterranean games, which is kind of like Pan American games or, you know, Commonwealth, kind of like yeah. that. Uh, multiple sports. Yeah. Uh, beach, it's beach games. So it's like beach soccer, beach volleyball, beach okay. handball, uh, swimming and stuff like that. And I, I'm going to go represent my country um, straight after Chicago. I'm okay. flying back to Serbia. Um, so we're going to get some points there. There are good countries there. France is there. Italy is there. You know, like... That's what I was going to ask. Who competes in yeah, the Yeah, I know Gautirat and uh, Kua, I think, are going. Okay. Linnell and Bastro. Okay. Um, I think they're, like, top favorites. And then Italy, I don't know who they're going to send. And, you know, like, there are a couple countries that, like, that could actually, like, be really tough. Yeah. So, I'm Do excited. teams send their best... Sorry to interrupt. Do they... Do Federation send their best teams to the Mediterranean Games? Or is it more some, of a developmental... Yeah, some, no. Yeah. Like, I know, like, Mediterranean Games before... Like I think Lazar and um, and Basta played uh, Rossi and Caminati. Okay. And you know, like I think like top teams used to go. Then last time I was there, there were no top teams. Then this year I heard that they're coming again. Okay. So you never know. And yeah. the funny thing is, like you don't see the list until you're there. <laughs> like we don't know the teams until we oh like we see everyone. We're like, hey, what's up? I yeah. didn't know you're coming. So <laughs> it's gonna be interesting, and that's a huge event that I really wanted to play this year. After that, we're gonna scramble. We might go to new australia future that you saw yeah Geelong. i did um, when 
did they move it up? Because Torquay was supposed to be in, think, in November again. I think it's again. like same date, but okay. it's a future event in Geelong. Okay. And last year when we were in Australia, we were hosted by a Serbian family. Um, and now, like, they're like our literally like family. Like, they came to Serbia this summer and we hosted them and, you know, really good friends. So, and they live in Geelong. So, we're really excited if we can actually make that trip and, you know, like, be again with them, like, a year after, you know. And, yeah see them and obviously play a tournament and get some points. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I love playing with Lazar. Uh, I love playing on the world tour. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like a new door opened this year for me at the AVP. So yeah. I'm really excited for, for that opportunity. And I think that um, I played my cards well. I was lucky enough to get good partners and make a couple of results. So I think this year was great, but I think next year I'm going to be starting at a good point. Yeah. you know where I can get a good partner and mm -hmm. you know I'm going to prepare for that and we'll see we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Well you've been knocking on the AVP door long enough. I was stoked to see that it finally opened for you this year. It was crazy cuz like during that year I I saw you play in Florida so much that I just figured that you play you had like had played AVPs before and then I was looking at your BVB and I was like, "Damn. This is like your first year playing multiple AVPs." Yeah, so I've been, as you said, knocking on the door for six years. Yeah. I was trying to get the AVP. And, you know, like when I was a kid, there were a couple of people who were playing in U.S., a couple of Serbian, there were Serbian brothers, Vucic, that played in, uh, in in U.S. And for us, we thought they were playing AVP. And for me, it was like, wow, like that's so cool, you yeah. know. And I thought it's never going to happen. Like I watch AVP from YouTube. And, you know, by coming to U.S., also not expecting, like, I was watching these players, and I'm like, wow, like, I'm competing against AVP players. And then at one point, I really wanted to play AVP. Like, yeah. even, I think, on last episode, I mentioned that, uh, that Phil told me, like, you should get a, you know, a green card and play AVP. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you think I'm good enough? He said, yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's my new goal. Like, if <laughs> Phil thinks I could play AVP, like, I'm going. I want to try it. Yeah. So I actually, like, I dedicated everything to that, and I really tried to work, to work, um, different ways and improve my game and you know like obviously logistics to to be allowed to play avp and now i'm excited to you know live my dream um like something that i, I was dreaming i'm still dreaming but yeah. i'm living it now you know like i can't Pretty believe sweet, honestly man. that i'm playing with the top players and you know like i'm having great partners and i'm i'm not just watching i'm actually going there to win mm -hmm. and for me it's just like amazing opportunity coming from you know serbia where we were always hoping, okay, another chance to at least play on the world tour. Yeah. Now this is like for me actually a chance, you know, to like live that professional beach volleyball life and you know like compete with the best. And um, I think Andy was mentioning before um, on the last podcast that I, that I listened from him that they just want to play the best tournaments. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea. That's what I do. I just I just want to play the best tournaments. You yeah. Know? And like for me, I was. For a long time in the futures, you know, like got a couple medals, but you know, we would separate, lose points, and I could not get a partner to play for multiple years. And now I have a chance to play really high level tournaments. Like Gold Series is almost like a challenger elite, you know, like yeah. there was some really good there are some really good teams there. So for me I'm just excited to play, as he said, you know, the best tournaments. Mm -hmm. And you know, like being in that bubble of the top players and, you know, motivating me to work hard is is awesome. Yeah. Especially considering you almost almost retired couple of years ago <laughs> that that's insane like literally <laughs> yeah. like you know coming from small countries I, I i think like people who who are coming from smaller countries they know this story but you're really limited on partners you know um you only have a couple of people you can play with and if that doesn't work out you got to retire like you're wasting time you yeah. know there are other things in life 
and I reached the point where I played with all the people that I could play, and then, mm -hmm. which is like, there's three guys pretty much, three of us, and then they decided to play together. So I was the one being with our partner, and I'm like, okay, I think I gave my best, I tried everything, and I have no one else to play with. I don't see where this can go in the future. So I, I was really ready to stop, and you know, I was I, I was about to graduate and you know find a job. But as I said, you know, the door opened, you know, I played with Ricardo. Phil told me, like, get a green card. I'm like, okay, like, I'm back. It you know, my, my motivation <laughs> is back. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. it was a dream even, like, meeting Phil. Mm -hmm. uh, I Like, at one point, I didn't have a place to sleep in Orlando. So he's like, oh, you can sleep in my house. I'm like, I was like, okay, I'm sleeping at, uh, you know, like, <laughs> this Olymp gold Olympian medalist yeah. that I was watching on YouTube. And same with Ricardo, I was sleeping in his house. Yeah. So, like, for me, that was just, again, living the dream, you know. Like, I, I don't know how I end up here. I tell everyone, like, you have to be lucky enough to succeed in this sport. And, you know, I was lucky enough to meet Piotr that helped me. Like, I stayed with him and Kaya for, for two mm -hmm. months. And, you know, like, meeting Serbian people who helped me out with accommodation. Meeting, you know, Ricardo, Phil, uh, whoever. You know, like, all the people who actually helped. Mark, Mark and Brandon, who got me in the groups the first year when I came to California. So, yep. I think you really have to be lucky enough. Um, come, to come from small country here, like you cannot just decide I'm gonna go to California. It's like too expensive, and like you don't know anyone, and you're not gonna get accepted. You gotta find your way, you know. And yep. It's like step by step. It was just like there was a road in front of me, and I was just walking. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just like following the path, not knowing what's behind. I'm like, this is cool, you know. Yeah. Live in the moment, like try everything you can, and you know, if it works, it works. If not, I'm I'm never gonna feel like I don't have regrets. In my career just because i was trying everything i could and then if it fails if i have to retire it's like okay you know i know that i reached as far the furthest that i as right. i could go how did you end up in florida in the first place lucky <laughs> you know a serbian girl serbian team was there working with a coach okay and they gave a good word and he said okay bring them here yeah and i told my mom and dad i'm going to to florida and they're like what i'm like, like we got invited he's gonna host us we just need to buy a ticket yeah they're like, okay, do you know where you're going? I'm like, I have no idea. I didn't know on the map where we're going. I was just like, we're going to US. There's a coach, and it's a good thing for my career. So yeah. I was like, I'm going for it. That's awesome. You know, so it was, again, lucky, you know. And where did you end up? Prince Bentley's making, he's keeping you in line here. Where in Florida did you end up going? Because obviously when I met you, you were in, actually, I mean, we played each other in Clearwater. Yeah, so I was, I, was South, beach. I was in Deerfield Beach. Okay. Um, I have a lot of good friends there since I was there for three years. Um, four years actually. Um, I was in Deerfield Beach, Pompano area. Yeah. You know, practicing there, playing. Um, Dave Palms there. He was working with that coach. Okay. And uh, a couple of players, but Deerfield community is great. Um, they play every single day. Like, I I still don't understand like who has a job. There. <laughs> like, you know, you go to the beach and they're always on the beach. And, and same in South Beach. Like, so for for me to go there, I'm like, okay, I always have people to practice mm -hmm. with. Doesn't matter the level. Some sometimes it's the top player, sometimes it's like a little lower level, but they all play. Yeah. Like if you stop being focused for a second, you're losing. You're like, yeah. okay, got to pick up, you know. And you know, being like obviously like player from the world tour, people want to play with you. So I was always like, even if I lose, somebody would pick me up. Mm -hmm. So I was getting so many games. You know, I was just like playing, 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 and I think that was a great place for me at that moment to improve. Then at one point I was like, okay, you know, I need something more. I need more structure, more practices, you know, like, so I, I, I was lucky enough again to meet my girlfriend there, Marine, in the fourth year um, when I was in Florida and she got recruited for LMU. So she said like, hey, do you want to come with me to California? 
And I honestly, like, again, never thought about it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> this is kind of like new and, you know, like risky, but it's a great thing for my career. Yeah. And at that moment, like things were great with Marine and, you know, I'm like, I'm ready for this risk. It's a new risk, but let's go, you know, a new adventure. Yeah. So we moved to California and, you know, again, I met Mark and Brandon. What year was that? It was uh, two years ago. Okay. This is our third year. Got it. In California. So, you know, again, I came here. I didn't know anyone. So slowly, like, started meeting people. But again, I say it's so lucky yeah. that I just met her and she was moving here. And I never thought I'm going to end up in California. Then we end up in Huntington last year. I never thought I'm going to end up in Hermosa. Right. In the, literally, like, Mecca of Beach Volleyball. Like, yeah. everybody's here. And I always thought, like, it's too expensive, you know, like... It is time for the Waiakea Water Break. That is right. This podcast has been brought to you by Waiakea all year long. They are the cleanest water you could ever have. It's not just water. It's Hawaiian volcanic water. That's right. And those bottles you see all over AVP tournaments all around the beach volleyball world, they're made of ocean plastic, which is 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. Each bottle helps to remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So when you're drinking a water bottle, you don't have to feel bad about it. All right, and that's right. Waikea is also committed to giving back. It's local to those in Hawaii through the Kakua Initiative from monthly drives to support the local food bank and nonprofits to direct support of individuals and organizations. In the continental U.S., via partnerships with its ambassadors such as Clay Thompson, ever heard of him, and the Thompson Family Foundation, Aaron Judge, and the All Rise Foundation, and Miles Garrett, and the Water Boys. And more. They're doing all kinds of good things. And we would love to just continue this great relationship we have with YK. They're awesome. And if you want to get the best water in the world, use promo code SANDCAST online at yakea.com. That'll get you 20% off your order. Again, that is SANDCAST at yakea.com to get 20% off your order. We are just so fired up to continue being sponsored by Waikia Hawaiian Volcanic Water. We love our Hawaiian Volcanic Water breaks. All right, so enjoy some Waikia. Get hydrated today. The seasons have changed. Y'all, our summer 2023 season it has come to an end, which means, guess what? Those tattered, beat volleyballs you've been using this entire summer, they need replacing. I know mine do. I just put in an order of 15 new Wilsons. The optics balls, the best balls in the world, hands down, no question. The NCAA uses Wilson for a reason. The AVP uses Wilson for a reason. Everyone uses Wilson for a reason. They make the best balls in the world, and I know it's time to reload. It is tinkering time. This is the time to get better in the offseason, so you come through 2024 fresh and with a brand-new skill set to get your double-A, get your triple-A, win your first AVP, get your first main draw, whatever your goals may be. Get some new Wilson volleyballs to help get you there. And use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get you 20% off. That's right, 20% off using the discount code SANDCAST-20. So go to Wilson.com, get some new volleyballs, and get better. This podcast is, of course, brought to you by AG1. Now, if you are a longtime listener of SANDCAST, you know that Try and I have been drinking AG1 for years. For me, it's been about five years. For Try, it's been about three since we started our partnership with AG1. Now, when I started drinking 
AG1 Daily, it made the biggest difference. We were on the road. We were in Bulgaria. We were in Russia. We were all over Europe. We didn't know how to get all of our veggies in, so we just went with AG1, supplementing where we could, and I could feel a huge difference. We never got sick despite all the travel. I hit 88,000 miles one year, never got sick. I was more relaxed because I knew that I was getting the foundational nutritional supplement I needed, and that's exactly what AG1 is. It is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, immune support, you name it. Now, since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Now, not only did I replace my multivitamin, I used to take all those cheap little gummies you can get at the grocery store or CVS or wherever. Now, I replaced it with AG1, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium and B vitamins for energy, also good for sleep, and it all balances my body's stress levels. Vitamin C keeps me healthy. Zinc keeps me healthy. It's just, it's the greatest thing, and I recommend it all the time because it has a team of doctors, scientists. It's tested for 950 contaminants. It's NSF certified for sport, so we don't have to worry about USADA or WADA or whoever's testing us to make sure that we're eligible. All right, so AG1 is the supplement I trust and try and savvy to promote, to provide rather, the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. I promise. Try AG1 and get a free, that's right, free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash sandcast. That's drinkag1.com slash sandcast. You don't spell out one, by the way. It's the numeral. So check it out. Get your greens today. I'm just happy to get a couple practices there, get right. invited to practice with top players. But, you know, we found our way and we're actually moving tomorrow. Like, we finally got a lease and, you know, Hell yeah. we have our place on the 7th Street, like, literally, like, a block away from the beach. So oh, dude, we're neighbors. I'm I'm excited. Like, I, I'm i saying I'm living that dream. Yeah. I, I don't know how. I This is what I was dreaming of and now I'm, I'm able to do it. And Yeah. I mean, you're smiling, you're beaming. It's amazing, dude. I love it. <laughs> Living Beach Volleyball. It's so cool. Have you uh, have you read The Alchemist before? No, but I, I we actually bought it. Like it's standing on our bookshelf, yeah. waiting for me to read five other books that people recommended that I want to read. Yeah. Uh, Marine wanted to read it, so she bought it like before. You, me, you should put that at the top of your list because like your story is so much like The Alchemist, all the lessons in it. Where like if you just keep following your dream and you keep chasing it, like you're gonna run into hard shit. Like you almost retired and like then you had to work out all sorts of stuff to play on the AVP. You and Lazar, it's like you're living literally a, an ocean apart, but you just like you keep figuring it out. And then like here you are, like living the living your dream because you got through it. I think you should read it. I think you'll find a lot of parallels to your life for right sure. now. For sure. And I know you recommended it. I saw it. I always like when you recommend books, I'm like screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I keep the you know, the list of your books and recommendations. Yeah. Well, I remember you put up uh, or you like shared a post of like the top 100 books everyone should read. And I've yeah. kept that screenshot for whenever I'm like, I don't know what book to read. I'll just go through that list and pick one. Yeah, out. Yeah, I just like a couple of the books from there. And I'm like, OK, it kind of matches what I like to read. So, I was yeah, like, you know, How, did you lo learn English growing up? 
Um, I had like private lessons. Like, I mean, my parents were sending me to lessons to learn English, and then we learned it at school. Um, we have this story, like me and Marine and my girlfriend, we talk about it. She's French. So Serb way more Serbians know English than French people. Like the reason why is there's so many countries that speak French. Yeah. So like you never have this idea. You have to learn the other language. Mm -hmm. But Serbia is like you're only locked in Balkan and it's yeah. kind of poor. And, you know, like opportunities are somewhere else. So like the parents are like, if you know, you should know the language just so you have opportunities if you want to go somewhere and try yeah. to, you know do something else and get out of Balkan, you got to know English. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's like, you got to learn if you want to go somewhere. Where French people are like, nah, like, <laughs> you know, I can just go to a country that speaks French. So Serbians are like really in school, like pushed to learn. Okay. So like, it was half school, half private lessons. Got it. And then I just start traveling. Like, I think beach volleyball, I started traveling like 12 years ago. Okay. Or Jeez. something like that, like first tournament. Damn. So, you know, all the tournaments and then practicing English with people and then, Obviously, moving to U.S. made it way better. Yeah, got it. Because you speak it super well, and I didn't know if, like, when at what point you would have started learning English. Well, it also helps having a girl that a girlfriend that you have to talk in English. <laughs> so like, we practice every day, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's funny now. Like, you know, she would come to Serbia, and we would have to talk English with my family. So I'm yeah. talking to my parents in English. My mom gets all nervous, like, you know, like thinking, like, oh, I have to pronounce this well. My mom, we understand, like, yeah. You know, but um, we, my whole family speaks well, like really good English and yeah. her family speaks good English. Have so. they come to California, your family? Um, no. So COVID was, had a restriction, you know, right? Because yeah. of COVID that they had to be vaccinated and they didn't take vaccines. Got so it. now they just stopped it. So we're planning in February to have my parents here and my sister and my other sister is in Dubai. So we're not sure if she's going to be able to come because Got of it. work. Um, so hopefully my family can, you know, see us and uh, yeah. You know. Dude, it'd be cool if uh, you and Lazar found a way to slip into the Dubai Elite 16. Just go see your sister while you're there. Would would be cool, but uh, with the with the how many teams are right now on the list and how many teams have points and like yeah. so many good teams on the world tour, it's so tough. Yeah, I, I feel that to be successful on world tour, you gotta need that extra thing. An extra thing is like structure. You gotta have a coach. You gotta practice with that partner for years. You gotta build up your game. Um, where I feel like AVP, you can still kind of find your way with a new partner, you know, like yeah. this like uh, honeymoon phase and all of a sudden you're playing great and bam, 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 and you succeed something, you know. Yeah. Maybe you're not going to win a tournament, but you're going to have a good result. Where like there, you're you're not making much. No. You know, like I played with Lazar for a long time, so we know each other. Like we played together, I think, total like four or five years. Um, but even that is too hard to follow up with teams like Brazilians or someone who practice every single day for the last six, seven, eight years. Take Herrera Gavira, whole life play, Jeez, playing together. Yeah. Him and uh, like Brower and Musin. They know without thinking where the partner is going to be, what they're supposed to do. You know, yep. like, and that's a difference. Yeah, like that's a couple points difference that makes a big difference. You yeah. know, like so I feel World Tour right now. It's so like it's such a high level game. Yeah, it's physical, it's strategy, and it's teamwork that you have to build up. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to break through there without that structure. And it's yeah. really hard for us living in different different parts of the world, but we just we love to play. Mm -hmm. We want to still compete. We want to see my goal was always since I started Beach Volleyball, I want to see how far I can go. Yeah. You know, is that future level, challenger, elite, medals, not medals, AVP, now it's like can I win an AVP? You know, like it's always like that goal that drives me of like 
how far I can go. Mm-hmm. Once I feel like I'm, instead of going forward, I'm going backwards and like I start making worse results, I'll be like, okay, maybe it's time, you know, like yeah. to say, okay, it's, you know, it's time for something else. But as long as there's something in front of us, I'm so excited. Like I can get up every day and like work out and maybe not work out. <laughs> <laughs> more practice hey, i can do gar- three sessions the garden's always open for you i can do three beach sessions but workout <laughs> i really like i i'm lucky enough that i have a coach this pushes me you know like yeah. strength coach that works for me for years so uh it workouts a little harder for me you know i still obviously work out Mod- motivation i found in in like looking to other players and being like if you want to be this guy you got to work out mm-hmm. you know you got to be on the level i'm not enjoying it I'm not a big fan of weights. I got a couple injuries, you know, like my back and stuff on the big weights. But I go to gym. I get get my face angry. I'm like, if you want to be this guy, you got to, you know, you got to work out. Yeah. You got to be stronger than him. You got to be faster. You got to, you know, put in more work than yeah. than anybody else. So, you know. And you just got to be healthy. I think for the most, I look at the gym as like, this is what keeps me from beach volleyball being a terrible pain in the ass. Cause like I, when I didn't lift or I just, when I didn't have a trainer, put it that way. Cause I always lifted, yeah. but like I would be super strong, but everything hurt all the time. And then I finally got a trainer and now I'm like doing all this stuff. That's like, I'm not as strong, like not nearly as strong as I ever was, but like nothing has hurt for two years. It's I feel great. time is so limited. Yeah. So you cannot do everything. Right. I feel like one year I'm trying to get stronger. Yeah. My, for next season, I'm actually like, really, I want to focus on conditioning, like mm-hmm. what Brazilians do, a lot of running, sprints, diving. Yeah. You know, I want to try that to see how my body's going to react and if that's going to implement something in my game. Um, but I feel you cannot do everything. You can do jumps and speed and, you know, like for jumps, let's say plyometrics and then get better at jump serves and you, know, you cannot do everything. You yeah. got to pick and choose maybe a few things that you can, that you can, focus on for that year and see if that's your you know like um recipe for success right so for me it's like i usually when i'm healthy try to increase my you know power speed everything but once i have an injury that's unfortunately that's how it works it's like okay let's take a step back focus to recover you know fix the injury then we can continue yeah i don't really do too much prevention just because unfortunately if i do prevention then i cannot improve (laughs) you know the strengths it's like pick and choose fix it, you know, continue improving and, you know. Yeah. There's different ways. I know some people lift heavy, some people do bands. Mm -hmm. Like, I know mile sevens, I see pretty often, like, one leg on the bossable, like, jungling and uh, doing a back back flip, you know. (laughs) And then, you know, I see people just doing, like, heavy cleans and, you know, stuff. So, I don't know what's better. I know that a lot of people still lift weights. Uh, I'm still a person who lift weights, like, cleans and deep squats and, you know, heavy, heavy lifting. I never try being light just because I'm afraid I'm going to lose a lot. Right. You know, like I'm so, my body's so used to like for 10 years I'm doing, you know, weightlifting, but it it could be something interesting to test out, you know? I think everyone's so different too. Like what works for me probably wouldn't work for like a Miles Evans and what works for Miles might not work for a Chase Budinger or Theo or Trevor or Try or whoever. And I think like the more you experiment and start to figure out what works for you in the last two years, my boy, Nathan Michaels, it's my guy. He's like, I talked to him for like an hour today. He's like, so tell me about the years. Like, what hurt? It's like, nothing. Literally for the first time since high school, nothing hurt. Awesome. It was awesome. It's ultimate goal. Yeah. Cause it, and it made beach volleyball so much more fun. Because I didn't have to like go out to practice and be like, oh, I got to warm up for 30 minutes just to keep my knees from like a pain level from like an eight to a six. 
No, so now when, when nothing hurts, you don't have to warm up. That's yeah. how it works. Dude, I just roll out and do nothing. <laughs> like I do maybe a three minute like stretch. And then I just start kind of like running around and waiting for somebody else to pepper with me. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll just hit standing shots by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but you got some uh, hickeys up your arm here. Yeah, I got, I got a recent injury. I don't know where it came from, but I, the shoulder's been bugging me. It's kind of like got a little weaker in some like different like positions. Yeah. Um, somehow it still doesn't hurt when I play. So it's not that urgent, but I'm working with um, a Greek trainer, Panos. He's okay. trying to, to help me out now and um, with my strength coach, obviously, trying to recover a little bit. So it's not limiting me yet, but I'm really like now cautious of like, I don't want to overuse it. I don't want to overlift. Nothing that makes me, you know, makes pain. I don't want to do it. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of just trying to prepare, obviously, for Chicago to yeah. be in the best shape. Um, by the way, we're playing Taylor's. I just listened to the podcast okay. when, when I was driving here, and um, I was waiting for that, uh, you know, a little piece of like success. Sure. How did they, how did you win Manhattan? Yeah. <laughs> so we can like <laughs> plan. Uh, like Do you, you, were, you were testing them. You were like, so what's the new secret? You know, like what did you change in the game? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't get anything useful. When, what, do you have your match time yet? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's like 10, 10.30. You want like a nice early morning match with the Tays. You got to catch them still snooze. And they hit the snooze button for a little I bit. I don't know. Honestly, like, what I'm hoping for is a lot of wins. Like, give me wins. Yeah. You know, for me and Leela, small team, like, give us win. Maybe we can, you know, scramble yeah. something and, you know, surprise teams. Um, we had a hard time in Manhattan with uh, Paul and, and Tim because they were just reaching really high. And yeah. Obviously, I'm not a blocker. I'm going to Chicago as a blocker. Are you you're running up? I'm running up. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I really find blocking fun. It's so fun. And I feel like I, I do something different than other blockers. Like I'm trying to move my arms a little more and you know like find them in the different spots. Yeah. To surprise people, I feel like not enough blockers do it. If you watch the high level, the top level. Like let's two let's take two best blockers right now, right? Uh, Andy and and um, Anders and Andy, Andy Andy and Norwegian Andy. Um, <laughs> like they're moving their arms a lot. Like yeah. it's like Andy was talking about it. You know, I'm here, my arms are here. You know, like different looks, and mm-hmm. I feel like too many blocks are too simple. Yeah, and I feel that that's what we have in the game. We have a little like mix up. We have a lot of calls, different calls. You know, like me dropping here and there, and him faking or dropping or staying. And, yeah, you know, like we're trying to make this game fun. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think if I was taller, this would be great. Like, it's really <laughs> fun to, like, you know, have, like, arms move and, like, different closure. You know, like, I'm supposed to take sharp angle, leave the deep angle and stuff like that. Where, like, big blockers obviously can take more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find it really fun. I don't enjoy that much to play a whole season. But, you know, in the situation where I was where Brian Miller, my current partner, you know, like, couldn't play. And he got a kid, which is great. Like, yeah. congrats to him. And, uh and Gabby, um, I had to find someone. And as I said, I've always found blocking fun, even though I never tested out. I played one tournament in France as a blocker. So I asked Lila, like, do you want to play? I feel like you're the only person who can run behind my low block. <laughs> and uh, at that moment, he didn't have a partner. So we, you know, created this partnership to play Manhattan and then try to qualify for Chicago, which was before Manhattan, the qualifier. Yeah, and somehow it worked. It was windy again. Nice windy day for you. Yeah, yeah, helped a lot, and you know now I'm just excited to go to Chicago. I never been there. Um, Chicago is, by the way, the second Dude. the second biggest city of like with Serbians. Like it's really? Belgrade, the capital, then Chicago, then Novi Sad, and any other city in Serbia. So like they had so, ma- so many Serbians in Chicago. I had no idea. 
yeah it's it's awesome so yeah. i always wanted to go because i know a lot of people right there so i'm just like now i have a great reason you know to oh that's so cool go and represent big serbian fan base yeah dude you'll love chicago it's like that stop is so fun I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. A lot uh, of people. Like Zahn, he always described, he's like, morale is so high in Chicago on Labor Day weekend because it's the end of summer and Chicago gets cold like really fast. And when it gets cold, it's freaking cold. So people are just, they're out, they're celebrating. Like it's their last big weekend of the summer and the, like, the stands are always packed. The weather can get dicey sometimes, but even in the like, even if the weather is shit, like people will be there. Yeah, you'll have a, a really good time for sure. I mean, I'm excited. I'm playing Taylor's. It's great, you know. Like, yeah. I, I didn't play them ever. Uh, I played Taylor one time in Hawaii, I think, with uh, with my my buddy Komar, okay. uh, Nemo, a Serbian friend that used to live in Hawaii. So yeah. we we practiced one time and played a couple games against Taylor. But I I'm excited actually to play against them. I never play against Try and and came in the real match. I play Trevor in um, in Huntington, so mm-hmm. you know I'm getting to play these top players, and I I want to see where I am. You know I want to compete. I want to you know strategize, and you know I can maybe surprise someone. You know yeah. people don't know me yet. Yeah, well that you, the secret's getting out because I mean your first year on the AVP. When did you get the green light from the AVP to play this year? Uh, I played from first event. I played uh, Miami. Yeah, but like how much before Miami? I knew I knew last year. I think. Okay. I think last year there, there we were already. You talking. played one tour series last year, right? I played uh, Huntington with okay. Ed Radledge, main draw, and then I played oh, Laguna right. with Mark. We qualified. Got it. I retire, Mark. <laughs> I remember when you guys lost. Mark ripped a fitted hat clean in two. Yeah. I was like, Mike was mad, dude. That was like that's hard to do to rip a hat like that but mark mark's really emotional guy but dude i love that guy he's I he's love a really mark. good friend and a great player and a great coach i would if i would choose someone to coach me it would be mark yep um he's already taken by logan which is normal yeah like logan has a bigger perspective right now big blocker instead of small blocker but um no i love mark and that tournament was so fun we were the probably the only team in the world that skybles the whole time we were oh, only skyballing, <laughs> like me and him, like both sides, just skyball, skyball, skyball. Yeah. So it was super fun tournament. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was that was the start. And then this year I went to Miami with Lev, and then after that I partnered up with Brian, and we had a really good run in New Orleans. So we took seventh, and then Huntington we took ninth. Both qualified from, you know, a big qualifier. Yeah. And then I qualified with Lila for Chicago, and then we were in Manhattan main draw. Mm-hmm. We got two wins. So, you know. I'm saying I'm leaving. I'm still saying that I'm leaving that dream. Like I, yeah. I cannot believe that I'm playing and I'm actually winning and you know like making making the, those results and you know like showing my name up there. Like hey, I'm here and you know like yeah, I know what I'm doing. And probably the rookie of the year, I would think. I'm not counting Alison. Uh, yeah. He's not. <laughs> he's not a rookie. <laughs> Alison yeah. is definitely uh, a big name in this sport. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not even thinking about about that. Um, there's there's one more, two more events. You know, yeah. There's a lot of good players. I'm I'm just there to make the best I can, and it's always like my goal is always to win. Obviously, yeah. if I don't win, it's like okay, that was a good good lesson. Let's go to the next one. Like yeah, I'm not aiming for seventh. For me, seventh is still you're not in the semis. Right. Um. I wanna I wanna win, and I I just see this. As I'm still on that road that I told you, and I'm mm-hmm. still going forward, and you know I believe that one day I can win a tournament. Yeah. In US, I, I won a couple of future events, um, or at least medals. Uh, we won one gold, um, one silver, one bronze. 
So I'm actually just excited to like compete on a high level and try to win. And that's always the goal. Yeah. And then if I don't, I try to analyze and see what's wrong and, you know, talk to different people, try different coaches, try different partners and find my way there. Yeah. I, I believe everything is possible if you believe. And I believe in my dream and I'm, I'm living it. So in my dream, I, I win that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Which tournament do you win in your dream? Do you have a Honestly, it's set? not specific. Got it. It's just like I win the tournament that is, you know, AVP, Gold Series. Like yeah. I actually compete when everybody's there and I play my best game and I have a good partner and it's not luck. It's actually like we have skills and we're competing and we play the best game. Like yeah. just Taylor's had a great tournament, you know. They mm -hmm. showed up, they performed, and it was not even a question if you watch the finals that they're going to win. Like they had that game. Mm -hmm. And I'm... I'm hoping that one day, you know, like my game and my body and, you know, a partner that I have and the teamwork and the coach obviously can build up that, that I show up on the tournament and I know I'm winning, right? Yeah. I'm just playing the best ball. Yeah. And I mean, if you can win a futures, I think you can win an AVP because you compared AVPs to a challenge. I think it's like a really bad challenger or loaded futures is kind of the equivalent of an AVP because it's, so, it's super top heavy. Where you yeah, look at like, sure. you know, you got your top four teams and then there's a pretty significant gap, I think, on, to the bottom 12. But then like futures are kind of the same way where you'll have like a really good team or two. And then a lot of times you have a team out of the qualifier in the futures. It's yeah. gnarly. Like you look, like Anders' brother came out of the qualifier. I think they won three gold medals this yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beach volleyball. Yeah. You don't know who's going to sign up. Sometimes you have the top team, <laughs> right. sometimes you don't. You don't know how the beach is. Sometimes it's windy, like Turkey. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not. So, like, you never know how the tournament is going to be. And yeah. same with AVP. Sometimes you have the top teams. You have Indian Miles and Try and, you know, Trevor and everyone. And sometimes all of them are international. Yeah. So you have a little weaker tournament. But, you know, for me, it, does not, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not really picky too much. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to be the best that mm -hmm. I can be. You know, I want to be on that level. I want them... To call me for practice, you know. Yeah. Like I want to be, you know, good enough to practice with all these people, and you know that's gonna help me improve. Yeah. Right now, I'm still finding my way there. You know, I'm trying to get in couple practices. I'm, you know, um, I'm trying to have results and partners. Obviously, like pretty often, I cannot get in good practices because I'm alone. Brian lives in San Diego, and I don't have you know partner yeah. here, and so it's you know it's a grind. It's yeah. a grind, as everybody knows. Beach volleyball is a is a sport like that. Nothing is just given to you. Yeah. For some people, obviously. In yeah. Good federations. Not, I think not the <laughs> I think the practice thing, like I don't think anyone knows when you're here. I never like you just like pop up and be like, DJ? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what happened. Like, I showed up on a tournament and be like, Oh, you're back? I'm like, yeah, I'm back. Yeah. I'm back for a little bit and I'm back to the city and then I'm back here and Yeah. Yeah. But I mean officially we moved to Hermosa, so I should be more here. So I think when people know that I live here, it's a little easier. Yeah. And if you're on seventh, you're literally like right next door. Yeah, I practice always a couple of times with Alison and uh, Avery, yeah. and you know they practice always there on the Eighth Street. So yeah, that could be potentially where I practice. Maybe not. We'll see. Really depends on the the whole like partnership, you know. Mix yeah. up. I I love playing with Brian. Uh, I think he's a great partner. Um, lucky for me, is a right sider, mm -hmm. which is kind of my I would say my weakness as a player is I'm a left sider. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I'm a big time left sider and. I try to find right siders. There's not many blockers, yeah. you know, like usually blockers, the big guys are on the left so they can option. Yeah. There's a couple, like, I don't know, like Dave Palm and Brian and I don't know, a couple more right siders, right? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I, I'm thinking now in my head, like perfect would be lefty, right? Because yeah. if you think about the system, like what Malspritain does, right? And and Swedish guys, like the system works the best if both guys can hit option. Yeah. Okay, the Swedish guy is insane that he can hit option from the right side like that. Nuts. But not everybody can do that, and I don't see my shoulder turning like that. Yeah. I can turn it a little bit thumb down, but like that's insane. Yeah. Like, he still keeps the power with the angle it he has. It is nuts. You're starting to see teams try it. Like David Amon has set the mark that like you can be a right side yeah. right hander optioning. Like but it's George so is starting hard. to try and he's struggling with it. Like Kame's starting to try it and he's struggling with it. I just think like. It's a freaking gift. The best one that I saw optioning righty from the right before Amon was Bruno. He was the only yeah. one that I saw do it effectively. Yeah. Be- but he did it so different because when he would hit a line, like Amon, when he hits a line, it is like Titanic. He keeps the, he, yeah, he keeps the power. That's, that's impressive. Because Bruno, he'd just be like, shoo, and he would just like hit this little sizzler that would break people's ankles. <laughs> I would always find it funny that people would serve Ali Son and Bruno with hit option. <laughs> like, that's that's insane. Like It was, I think, the, on the World Champs that he did it on like – in that tie break, you know the best world champ match ever when yeah. Alisson played Warren Hoist and Nomerdor? Yeah. And and Bruno did it on like, I don't know, 17-17 tie break. I'm I like, know. this is insane. Like just taking that, <laughs> you know, like responsibility as a small guy and hitting an option, that's insane. Yeah. But back to the story, I think lefty would be perfect. Yep. Even though you never asked me to play. I'll you just you just you right me. now if you're ready. <laughs> But um, I, I believe that, you know, I want to find someone that I can practice with. Yeah. Um, I do love Brian. I came I came up here with a story. I want to talk to you about that, about partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this theory about, you know, relationships and how yeah. it works. And between Europe and USA. Yeah. It's like a small story. <laughs> In Europe, you know, like <laughs> you go and, you know, you work on your relationship and you stay with that person forever. And that's how beach volleyball is, yeah. right? You go with your partner and you work like Herrera Gavira for years. Yeah. You work through good and bad and, you know, you win together and you grind and, you you know, if it doesn't work, you keep working and then results start coming. Yeah. And it's like a regular relationship, like marriage, you know. And then you talk about those problems, you know, like fixing your marriage. That's what everybody talks about Beach Volleyball about. But I have this different theory. In U.S., People are more common to switch partners, you know, like mm-hmm. switch uh, their girlfriends or whatever, you know, yeah. try different things, short relationships, you know, flirting and stuff. Yeah. And that translates to beach volleyball. Yeah. You know, we were watching um, one day on the TV, it was um, Love Island. I know, it's, like, <laughs> it's like a reality show yeah. of, of couples going in the reality. And then, you know, like they might switch up, you know, and like something like that. I'm not, I'm not really sure how it is, like. They they maybe switch up with different people. And, you know, I, I heard this sentence of like, you know, like I love being with you and, you know, like we have the end, the chemistry, but I also want to see if I have it with someone else. And I'm like, this sounds like AVP. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, go go to my story. Like me and Brian have a great chemistry. I love the guy. I think we're great together and we could grow together. But what if there's someone, you know, else yeah. that I click with? Yeah. So it's like I feel beach volleyball and AVP is like that of, you know, you go and there's so many opportunities, different players. And with some people, you think it's going to work. Maybe it doesn't work. You test out, you know, ah, this was not working well. But then you try a different person. And, oh, this is like Kyle and Timmy, they, they, they told the story how they tested out. They're like, oh, maybe it works. And then, boom, they play great that season. Yeah. You know, like it, they had a couple of good results. So for me, that's a theory of like in Europe, they really 
work together because they don't have AVP, right? They don't have a really big national tour. Mm-hmm. So you have to play world tour and you have to play with same nationality. So they pair up together and work with coach, with federation. You work, 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 and you build up after a couple of years. Yeah. Right? Where here, people switch up partners, a little more messy, yeah. you know, all the drama, and you get to play with different people. And then maybe you, if you're lucky enough, you find a match. Yeah. You're perfect, perfect person. And, you know, you have the chemistry, you have the game, and it works. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm in that position where me and Brian started something. We had two really good tournaments. But now we're looking like we, we want to play next year, right? Um, but again, you know, it's a, we, we all know how AVP works. It's a game of points. And, you know, I actually want to practice with someone. Um, I want to have a coach. So it could be Brian. It could be someone else. I'm right now really open for, for testing it out. I, want, I just want to go back to what I said. I want to win a tournament. I want yeah. to find a partner. I want to find a structure. I want to try different things with my body. And, you know, that hopefully leads to something. So um, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. You know? If it's, you're excited for uh, flirting with a new partner. Uh, you, listen, <laughs> I, I think I've probably set the record for most partners in one season this year. Because coming into this year, like with Austin due at the absolute worst possible time, like at the very beginning of the year, I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to play much at all. And so I was like, I'm just going to play with, like, if there's a tournament that sounds fun to play with a guy, I'm just going to play it. Like, this year was just, like, total house money for me. And so I was like, I'm just going to play with someone new. I give you a big time. respect for playing with JD. JD is such a good guy. Yeah. And, you know, I love him. And he, a couple times, was really, really good friend, like, helping me out, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. And overall, just super fun to be around. Yeah. And I really respect you actually, like, giving it a shot and helping him out because I know how much he was actually like same as me, like dreaming to play at the AVP and, mm-hmm. you know, like qualify and, you know, show not to other people, but more show to himself, hey, I can do this. Yeah. And I think it was a really big moment. And I think you're a great friend for, for taking that and, you know, like fighting next to him and obviously congrats to him. Like that, that was a great, yeah, great it was, success. it was so freaking cool. And like what I think a lot of people, like, it was so funny, man, he would send me screenshots of what people were saying on volley talk and they're like oh it's just like a charity case travis just playing with his friend but like jd's freaking good jd's great like he is the best passer i've played with to date and i've played with a lot of really good passers and i was like i'm a really very good option player like i think i'm better on two than on three (laughs) (laughs) and because jd isn't gonna like bounce any balls people just kept serving him every single ball and he just lob up the perfect option ball all the way over the other pin the only team who like figured it out like to start serving me was actually ian satterfield and jake urtia in virginia and i like freaked out because i hadn't hit a ball in a third contact the whole tournament yeah and i was like i got blocked like six times and then they went back to jd I don't know if you remember, but funny enough, first time I played you, it was you and JD. Against you and Piotr. It was me and Piotr. So that was funny. JD was talking the whole time. He was yapping the whole time. But yeah, that's the first time I met you and him. Yeah. But after that, I played against him a couple times in Florida. Yeah. I just think, you know, you say he's a great player. I think Mm. he's a great player, but there goes the same thing what I said. is like, it's so hard to get in top level to be accepted in groups and get partners. And it's a game of points. So if you don't have points, you cannot get a good partner. And to get to get a good partner, you gotta have points. Cause everybody who's good, let's say let's talk about main draw. Everybody who who's good enough to win in the main draw are already in the main draw. Yeah. Cause people who are below, they don't have enough points. Right. Right. And like 
they're trying to match up with qualification teams, mm -hmm. which is ultimately qualification guy and qualification guy against two main draw. Right. Which is usually like people from main draw are like already kind of higher level teams. Mm -hmm. So it's so hard to break through and get points because you cannot qualify. And even if you qualify, you lose. So like you cannot get in the main draw to match up with the main draw guy. Yeah. So same like if we talk qualification, I have... Uh, I have a couple of people who are like good players, but they cannot get a good partner. Right. So they keep losing in qualifiers and they never break through because it's so hard to get a good partner. Yeah. I was lucky enough in, in New Orleans, I didn't have a partner. I was ready enough. I was ready to block. Yeah. Like I couldn't find anyone good that I believe I can qualify with. And Brian accepted to play with me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, thank God I got a, a big blocker in qualifications because mm -hmm. there's not that many big blockers in qualifications. Right. The already told people are in main draw because <laughs> like, they're tall. <laughs> This show is brought to you by Bartender in a Box. Yes, guys, we've been looking for an alcohol sponsor for a long time on this show, and now it's time to drink outside the box with Bartender in the Box, our new sponsor and the official margarita and official Mai Tai of the American Volleyball League and AVL on IO and Sports. And for those on a volleyball player's budget, we got you. Sandcast and Bartender in a Box invites you and 12 of your friends to enjoy just one box of their premium bar quality libations for around 20 bucks. That's right, 12 premium mixed cocktails out of just one tasty package, whether it's pregame or postgame. We got you covered. Celebrating that beach volleyball victory or styling sunset, or maybe you lost in the quarterfinals like you planned to, so you could drink your bartender in a box while everyone else still is playing, burning calories, all that stuff. Bartender in a Box is available in a growing number of flavors, stores, and markets where you shop. But if it's not on display, just ask for it as it sells out quick. The libation experience and price are worth it. So shake your box today. Have margarita. Have Mai Tai. Enjoy the show. You know, like everybody else is like fighting like two defenders, split blocking, you know. like So I, I believe JD just has a high time because of the point game. Yeah. You know, and you have to, again, have be lucky. And like, he lives in, in this Mobile. sport, you have to be lucky, you know. And <laughs> yeah. this was one of the the moments being lucky, having yeah. a good partner like you, you know, with a lot of points that like can help him out and you know be good seated. And that has to that has to happen, you know. Yeah. Some people just never get their chance. They don't have luck, you know, in sport and in acting or whatever you want. You know, you mm -hmm. you gotta get your shot. If you don't get it, you you gotta you gotta be happy with trying. Yeah, that's at least my theory. Is like you gotta you gotta try. So at least you're, you know, you're fine with yourself. Yeah. You know, you're like, I know I gave my best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, beach volleyball, as I said, you, you got to be picked up by someone or you got to make insane result to like shoot your points up so you can all of a sudden be there. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really tough. Yeah. I say it's really, really tough in world tour or AVP on world tour or AVP to actually break through. Yeah. And the more, and I think you're, you and JD, I think are great cases of this, where the more you play in tournaments, just anywhere, like you're spreading out the surface area where you can get lucky. For sure. Because For sure. all it takes is like one, is Andy to see you play one good tournament with whoever. And he's like, oh, I need a defender next week in Gulfport. Yeah. Let's call up DJ. And then Ricardo's like, oh, this defender who just like won a final with Andy, I'll play with him. And then you get in practices with it, just like, you just work your like all you need is like one lucky moment where you catch people's eye that's like my old my biggest piece of advice when people move here just like play all the cbvas but it's not even here yeah i i say that to florida or wherever you live yeah go play tournaments yeah like oh you're but i'm not ready you're, you're never going to be ready right you know that's 
I, I read it somewhere. Like you're never gonna feel ready. There's always something more that you can do. Mm-hmm. Practice your serve more. You know, like be a little more fast. Like jumping higher. Be a little faster. Like, but you gotta start somewhere. You know, first of all, you gotta show yourself. You know, you gotta play against people. Second, you learn by experience. Mm-hmm. You learn. You know, like I had this talk with a friend recently. It was 19, 2019 for him, match point, and he shoot high line and they dug him. And I'm like, for me, next time I would say, okay, when it's a match point, I'm hitting. Yeah. You learn from experience. You mm-hmm. try to hit next time. See what happens. If you win, okay, maybe that's your recipe. But like, if you don't go to match, if you don't go to tournaments, you don't play matches, you don't have experience. So for me, like, you gotta go play. You gotta give the, like, you gotta let people see you. And if you're good enough, you're gonna get a chance. Yeah. You know, like, uh, Lev told me he played against Alvaro, I don't Virginia or somewhere. Yeah. And Alvaro saw him. He was a big blocker. You know, I don't have a partner. He gave a call to Lev. That's how Lev is playing with Alvaro. Yeah. It's like because not they talked to play together, but because Alvaro was looking for a blocker and he was thinking, who did I play against that was good enough? Mm-hmm. And you know, like I think that's kind of how it works. Um, you gotta prove yourself, and you know. Even if, let's say, I lose to you, let's say. If somebody asks you, like, hey, how's DJ? If I gave you a good fight, you would be like, dude, we had a hard time playing against him. We serve his partner, Mm -hmm. for example. And that's already a plus for me. So I agree, like, advice for everyone is go and play. Yep. And play. And play. And I would ask my friends, uh, my roommate that I lived last year with, I'm like, bro, why are you not playing more tournaments? Right. You know, like, okay, if you have an excuse, you know, like a job or something, I understand. But if you're sitting home, go play the tournament. Yeah. You know, I understand it's it's a couple hundred bucks, but that's going to, you know, make you succeed. If this is your dream, go play the tournament. Yeah. If you don't want it, then it's fine, you know. So I, I really, like, encourage people more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Like, I would play, like, Taylor Crab would play every single tournament, Oh, right? my gosh. Threes, fours, sixes, tournament. you know. Like, yeah. And I love that. And that's why he's so, like, crafty and, you mm-hmm. know, like, so good. I really believe if your body's able to play tournament, you should play. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going to lose, it's okay. Yep. It's another lesson. It's a win. It, like nothing <laughs> bad can happen from playing a tournament aside from like if you play shitty, then you lose your entry fee or whatever, but you probably learn something. But you For get sure. so many reps playing CBVAs. Just think of how many balls you pass, how many shots you hit, how many sets you have, how many weird out of system plays that you do that you can't simulate in practice. So you get like, and it's always windy in the afternoons. For you sure. get your wind ball reps. You get a chance to be seen. You get also get put in uncomfortable situations all the time, like down 12-16 in the second set. And if you can come back and win, and just a CBVA, when you get put in that situation in an AVP, you're like, I've been here before, and I've done this, and it's not – it just – you get all the opportunities to get your, like, mental reps as well. Yeah. I honestly love and hate CBAs. <laughs> They're – one game to 28 or to 21, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's such a good practice having that pressure of yeah. like, hey, we cannot just go and like not warm up or we cannot just go and like we'll figure it out. Because if you're down, all the teams here are good. Right. They don't even have to be AVP teams. Right. People on the beach can beat you really easy. Yeah. If we would start a set 12-9, let's say, hey, let's play 12-9 against anybody on the beach. I don't know if you can beat all those things. Like, people <laughs> no. on the beach are just bowlers. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of qualifying teams that, you know, you you may be heard of or not heard of, but they can actually, like, give you a good fight or even beat you. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's like, CBVA is really good to practice that. Start from a point one, because otherwise you're going to be out of the tournament. Yeah. And I play CBVAs, and it's probably I have the worst record out of all the tournaments. <laughs> 
Like I lost so many times at CBAs just because it's like one set and you know something happens and we're not ready or we're not focused or the other team surprises us. And I would go home and I would be mad. So you lose what you said, entry fee, and you lose the, you know, you have that really bad feeling, you know, and, you know, like at the same time, you hate it, but it really motivates you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what did I do wrong? Why did I lose? I'm supposed to win. And then from there, you can build up. Yeah. And I feel like it's a really good kind of uh, check out, you know, like, hey, where are, where, where are we at this moment? Yeah. Like, are we ready? Oh, there's something lacking. And there's something lacking. Boom, boom, boom. Fix it. Then go play in a tournament or AVP or whatever. Mm -hmm. So really good preparation, really good for learning. And, you know, at some point, if you win for a big money, CBVA is okay money for a weekend. Yeah. And, you know, everybody loves to win. It's Everyone. like Jake and I won uh, Hermosa a couple months ago. It was super yeah. windy. Jake, Dude, yeah. Jake Rush, yeah. <laughs> Um We were playing just small ball, you know, really yeah. windy, really windy day. And um, we, we win small prize money. Yeah, you know, we want hoodies that says champion. Yeah, and you know hats, and we're like, okay, let's go to the bar and you know like celebrate and like just you know like having something like I won yeah. feels good. You yeah, know? and that's like ultimately what makes us be pro athletes. Mm -hmm. It's not the money. It's not you know the the practice. It's that feeling of like I won. You know I can celebrate this small win. You know it's all about small wins, right? Yeah, it's small wins the practices, small wins the tournaments, but like being happy about winning is what it's all about. So even winning CBVAs or a small tournament or a standing game with a standing tournament with the, <laughs> with Nesco, yeah. you know, you feel happy. You go and you're like, for me, it at least makes my day or a week or yeah. a month, you know, like, oh, it feels great, you know, like, and winning, it really motivates you. Winning it, like, it literally changes your psychology, just for like sure. what it does to your brain. And that's why I think another thing that I would recommend is when you're playing tournaments, there's a time and place to like, play at a level where you're just going to lose. You can learn a lot. But I think if you play, like if you're a double-A player and you're playing double-A's, I think that's the way to go. Because then winning's also a skill For sure. that you learn how to do. And I think that when you play at the level where you can win, you're going to learn that skill a lot faster. I really like what you just said in a way. When I was choosing a partner for Chicago and Manhattan, mm -hmm. I was looking at the list and I'm like, there's a blocker, there's a blocker, there's Leela, there's, I don't know who else was on my list, and I'm thinking, who is a winner from these people? Yeah. Or at least, who proved himself as a winner so far? And I'm like, Leela won a tournament with Andy, Laguna. He won with Troy Field, the Narseka qualifier, whatever it was. I'm like, this person knows how to win. And Brandon Joyner talks about this, like, no matter what kind of a tournament it is, if you win... You have like you're gaining that skill. Yeah. Like there's something special about winning. Like, not even talking about choking, but more like if you can win, you can win multiple tournaments. Mm -hmm. You know, you become a winner. You know, Ken Steffes talks about you know having winning as a skill, right? Yeah. And I really believe in that. And really, if you look those players and you, let's say you want to make a list of winners, if you make that check mark, you can see that they actually more often than not make good results mm -hmm. where like there's some like one-time wonders who make something good but then you know they make something really bad and when i was looking for a partner i'm like i want that i want that i want a winner i want a consistent partner that even if we lose we're losing like by playing good yeah you know like i know what i'm gonna get especially in the situation that we don't have time to prepare like if i need to choose someone and just go blind you know on a blind date yeah then it has to be someone that is consistent. Yeah. I'm not going to go with, 
you know, someone who won one tournament in their life, which was huge, but then underperformed. Because, mm -hmm. like, I don't know what I'm going to get. So I think that's really good, like, what you said is, like, learning how to win. Yeah. You know, it's a big skill. Yeah. Would you say that you learned a little bit of that this year? Because I think even though you didn't win AVPs, you had a great year, especially for your first year on tour. I feel this season in Europe, we had a really good run. Like, we played, like, five or six tournaments, and I was on the podium every single time. So for me, that kind of gave me that extra boost, you know, of, like, confidence. Obviously, winning increased your confidence. Mm -hmm. If you win back-to-back, -back, it really helps you kind of, like, come to third tournament, and you're like, we're playing great bowler right now. But for me this year, what was driving me was just, like, me feeling that I improved my game. I changed a couple things after Australia. We got, uh, we got our ass. Um, but you qualified. Slap. Yeah, but we lost two times to Linnell and uh, Basro. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, what's lacking in my game? Like, I came every time I come to huge blockers, I struggle. Yeah. So I made some adjustments. I started attacking a little more from the pin, you know, like open up the angles. And I feel I'm playing better ball. So that kind of motivates me. So for now, I'm just cruising on that feeling of, like, I'm playing better ball. But I feel winning is more like I got it throughout the years on the smaller tournaments. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, playing smaller tournaments is great. Like, a lot of tournaments in Europe, a lot of tournaments in Florida. Like, I have a big record of tournaments. And that kind of, like, when I go to tournament, I'm like, I know I won a lot before. Right. So for me, it's like, I know I can do it, mm -hmm. you know. The hardest part is obviously start, you know, yeah. start winning. You know, it's like, right. I was I was young once, you know, right? And I was losing everything. everything. <laughs> I was just a young kid, like, Basta, who who is like right now like our coach and you know in Serbia and and plays with us sometimes and he played until like uh, 2 years ago probably the best player we ever had the best blocker like dude i i have a picture when i had we were like having his letters on our body like yeah. basta and we were like cheering in the crowd yeah. i was just a kid you know like every time i play against him i was scared he was a huge blocker and you know like slowly you start playing against him give him a good fight and then you know you beat him once and you're like okay like I'm starting to win something. And yeah. that's how I think playing, like, you grow and grow and grow. So winning, I feel like, doesn't come after winning one tournament. It's more like multiple small events. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, you, I think winning is really connected to confidence. Like, you yes. need to build up that belief in yourself. The, the more you win, the less you're going to have that voice in your head of like, oh, my God, like, you know, like, we're playing this team and that team and, you know. I had this conversation with Jake Urushia. He was like, dude, like, we're playing CBA. He's like, we're playing these guys. I'm like, Jake, you're the best player on the beach here. Like, yeah. who are you scared of? Like, why are you, like, talking about them? You should talk about yourself. Be yeah. like, hey, I want us to do this, this, and this. Not like, oh, we're playing this guy and this guy. Like, you know, for me, it's like you have to create that, like, relationship with yourself where you tell yourself, I'm good enough. You know, I'm good enough to win or I'm good enough to give a good fight or you know, I belong here. Yeah. And for me, I I had that when I was younger, but it definitely grow by playing a lot of tournaments. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, win a first medal on the World Tour 2017, for me, it was like, wow, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then winning gold with Lazar, I'm like, wow, we can do this. Yeah. And then, you know, like, going to AVP and qualifying, I'm like, wow, I can do this as well. Yeah. So, like, it, it, it all ultimately makes you bigger. Yeah. You know, and at one point, like, you know, you're, you're so confident like you can look uh, triborn when he walks on the court you can see like he has confidence in himself mm -hmm. like just the way he walks and like goes to the net you'd see this guy has confidence yeah you know or taylor crab or trevor 
you know, like Trevor, I feel like he's 200% confidence. Like, oh, yeah. He's just like, and he, he's open about it. He's like, I'm winning. Yeah. And I love that. I feel that that's the biggest opponent that you can have mm-hmm. is like having that voice in your head or not believing that you can do it. So more tournaments obviously equals more confidence, I yeah. believe. Jake is so funny because he, like, when you watch him play, you're like, oh, he's like Jersey kind of asshole kind of guy. He's like loud. And then you play and what, like, he's like, oh, dude, like, this is such a bad draw. And I'm like, Jake, like, we're the bad draw. Like, <laughs> you need to know how good you are, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that with Jake. I understand. I'm like, you have to stop thinking about that. I'm like, you're, you're the top player now. Yeah. You know, he's a you're, beast. You're like, you're winning. You have, he, he has, I think, the same, like, similar results like me. Like, great season, you know, qualified almost every single time. Like, mm-hmm. putting up good good fights. He beat Andy in uh, in Miami, which yeah. was a huge win. I'm like, bro, you just beat Andy, and you're still talking about bad draw. Like, <laughs> you know, you got to you gotta get that confidence, you yeah. know. Like, you got to know who you are. You got to know how good you are. Yeah. And in my opinion, you should think that you're better than you are. Like, you should think, like, I'm better than somebody who's better than me. Yeah. Just because that's the only way to beat them. Now, I don't agree that you should talk about it. Like, I have a lot of people who think they're so good and then they talk open about it. Like, oh, I'm better than this guy and this guy. That's bad. That's being cocky and, like, people don't like that. Stay in here. Yeah. Put it in your head, (laughs) but tell yourself that you're better than everyone else or at least better than your opponents that you're playing currently. And that's a good recipe. Yeah. like... I Jake is my really good buddy, so I try to talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. I really like when I play with Brian. I would tell him like, "Bro, you're a beast! Like, you're the biggest guy here! Like, just hit over them! Like, nobody can stop you." I feel like also as a partner, you can grow that in your partners. Like, yeah, I feel confidence is something that grows. You know, yeah. like, dude, ride the wave. You know, like mm-hmm. for me, I, I love to scream. I love the fire. Yeah. Cause like when I have adrenaline, I'm like, I'm unstoppable. Like yeah. That's in my head. I'm like, give me a ball. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Where like, if I cool down, I'm like, yeah, you know, like they're playing pretty good. It's so like, for me, it's like <laughs> yeah. ultimate, give me like ultimate confidence and I'm going to hit harder and jump higher. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I even like ask partners. I'm like, give me that confidence. Like, yeah. Tell me something, you know, like yeah. fire me up. Like that's light, where I light that, it up. Yeah. That's where I think like we've been talking about partnerships a lot is that I think being a partner is the best intangible skill you can have in that like you need your personality needs to be whatever your partner needs it to be. Yeah. So like if, if you need to like pump your boy up and like get his confidence up, like pump him up, like be that guy. And that's where I think JD was so good because he gave me complete and total freedom and green light. I, I could be 20 feet off the net, like full backspin on the ball. And JD's like, dude, hit it. Like they can't stop you. Like anytime I missed an option, he's like, bro, you sat out like a hundred times in a row, hit the next one. And he just like kept li- like anytime I had an opportunity to be like a little deflated with how I was playing, JD was like, absolutely not. Like you're the best player on the beach right now. I'm 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 that person. I yeah. need that. Yeah. Like I love to give, but bro, I feel I can be especially as a blocker now. I had this conversation with Lila. I'm like, you need to fire me up. Like I I need to feel like a beast. Yeah. If you want me to make that block or like, and I love freedom. Like if you go and like I miss a sky ball and you tell me like, dude, hit higher next one. Okay, I'm going for it. And yeah. then eventually, you know, like, you actually make a point. You make an ace. You make a good serve, jump serve, mm-hmm. whatever. But if your partner goes like, oh, you know, then I'm like, okay, I'm floating. And then we would lose a match. I would go home and I would be like, you know, I it's not called being scared. I didn't got scared, but I'm like, 
I lowered the pressure to like not make mistakes, but then I lost because of that. I'm like, yeah. I ultimately play played not to lose instead of play to win. Right. And I'm like, if your partner gives you a green light, obviously like don't miss every single serve out. Right. Like be smart with it. But if your partner gives you green light, encourage you to like keep going, whatever it is, option, jump set, um, sky ball, whatever, jump serve, that helps. Yeah. That kind of like gives you a little relief. Yeah. Right. Like, I talked to someone about, like, small court. You go to serve, and, you know, when it's pressure, the court is so small, and the net is high. Yep. But if your partner goes, like, dude, just keep ripping. Yeah. I want every single ball in this set that you rip the serve. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the court becomes a little bigger. Mm -hmm. Like, not too big. Yeah. Still, still pretty small. <laughs> but becomes, you know, bigger, and you're like, okay, you know, like, I'm allowed to miss couple. It's right. okay. And if I miss couple, I usually like that reference of, like, hey, we missed the serve. Let's fix it. Let's side out. Just fix this point. Yeah. And we're back. Yeah. You know, it's just like one small fix. It's just the easy side mm -hmm. out. So like, I definitely think the partnership and partner, the way he talks to you can also create that ultimate confidence that yeah. we're talking about. So I think confidence is, looks like from this uh, podcast, the confidence is the recipe. Yeah. Get and the confidence. Here's another book recommendation for you. Best book I read this year, which was a recommend from Zana Muno is The Confident Mind. It like so good. And really simple. It was a sports psychologist at West Point and just so freaking good. But I think that just the chemistry between partners is so big on that. Like me and Jake Dietrich, I'll use that as an example where we had never played together before. We were like pretty good buds. And I know that Jake can earn a lot of points on his surf. And I was like, green light, buddy. Like fire away, do your weird float, do your little like running hybrid thing, whatever you, whatever funk you want to put on it, go back there. If you miss, I'll keep the next one in. So don't worry about missing. And so anytime he missed, like I would just pop in, like make sure that they played the next one. But he just like, he served like an animal That's in Manhattan. Huge. It was awesome. And That's like, I think huge. you just got to know like what skills your partner is bringing to the table and what they need. And if you give it to them, you're going to get the best out of your partner almost every time. And that's half the battle. Like if your partner's playing at an A plus every time, then you can be a B minus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. And I think that's a big part of like, um, strategy. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that strategy is something I'm so curious about. And I love like strategizing with my partners and strategizing, strategizing against different opponents. And Andy was big, right? He was talking about it and him and miles are so good because they do that. Yeah. But, I think that there's a big part of that of like who's the better server or who can bring more points or maybe according to wind or something who can bring more points. Maybe mm -hmm. like you're a better server than me on the win and the opposite, you know, so like we mix it up or before the game we go like we're going to serve this guy. So I think, I feel like that talk helps. I also like the talk, for example, in defense, like, or like attacking, let's say you're struggling side out and I go like, Hey, that guy's always sitting angle. Like try to see him. If he's on the angle, just shoot a high line. Yeah. That way, I give you the advice, which you don't have to listen. Right. Like, let's say it's it's good if it's recommended that you listen. Yeah. And if they dug, dig you, we're fine. Right. Because you listen what I told you. I'm happy because you, we tried something. You believed me. Right. And they, they scored great. We lost as a team. Yeah. But if I tell you, like, hey, that guy's on the angle the whole time and you bounce the angle and he digs you, we're like... Bro, I literally <laughs> told you. And that's, I think, where, like, the partnership has a problem. Yeah. It's like, I feel that your partner can help you so much with advice. And then it's easier on the team if it doesn't work. But yeah. I feel like strategies is something that is so important. Mm -hmm. Like, playing with Mike, for example, was great. Like, yeah. Mike is, like, such a like, huge brain. And for me, it was I enjoyed, like, talking. And we would sometimes come up with the same thing at the same time. We're like, wow. 
like we think the same yeah so like i feel that's a big part and that separates the top players and you can obviously see like andy talking about it and now they're like boom second in the world yeah uh anders mole i think it's one of the smartest blockers ever like just the way he thinks and like traps you and shows you and takes it and make adjustment and you know like you see him like make five blocks in a row when he needs you're like wow it's not wow he knows what he's doing like, yeah he's strategizing and he's baiting you and stuff like that so i feel like conversation can really increase the partnership right yeah and now there's the whole story about coaches like on the fib they're wanting to put the coaches they should that's a third person that giving you advice yeah you know like sometimes you have two really physical athletes that don't have a brain right bouncing bouncing but you know they get in troubles the opponents make something different and they don't know how to figure it out mm -hmm. now you have maybe a thinker in the box two big guys that don't really have a, a huge brain but a really good thinker and now boom that's a great team yeah because that thinker is making them you know great yeah so that's kind of like something that beach trouble could lean to in the future you know yeah I hope that the FIVB lets coaches in the box. It's been weird. I, I doubt that they'll be able to make any changes before Paris, but I hope that that's allowed. Because I think the game will just be better. Like, having a coach in the box is so nice. Because, one, you have just an objective third party yeah. to sort of mediate between you two. But like you said, like you can have two guys with like a, a small brain in there. Like, adrenaline, physically it'll pump yeah. you up. But mentally, dude, my brain is just like, shoo. <laughs> And like I pride myself in being able to think through a match, but then after like me and Jake got smashed by Rafi and Marty in Manhattan. Marty had eleven blocks, and afterwards I was like, "Why didn't we try to switch sides?" Like nothing had worked. We had tried everything. Like yeah. I tried optioning, and it was one of the worst optioning matches I've had in as long as I can remember. Tried this, then I went back to setting Jake. We tried to like every adjustment except for switching sides. Like it's so obvious. Yeah. But, like, you're so pumped up, and then your emotions get crazy. You start, like, seeing red. And then I was talking – my father-in-law was in the box with us coaching. I was like, why didn't I just – why didn't we switch sides? It's like, that was, like, the easiest I had the similar moment. Of. We lost uh, Jake, uh, Urushia, and Caleb. Okay. And Caleb was lining up middle. Yeah. So, like, he could jump both sides. For me, like, one way to, to avoid that is run a pin set really fast. He's going to be late, and if he's middle, I can chip line every single time. Yeah. Didn't run one shoot set in the whole match. <laughs> yeah. And after match, I'm thinking, like, he was trapping me in the middle, lining up middle, and I just didn't come up with a solution. Instead yeah. of I was just trying to see him and, you know, like, chop away, and it was, the solution was so simple. Right. You know, and, like, on this problem, this is the answer, and I could not find yeah. it. Yeah. And so then like, after, I, you're like, That definitely it. helps. You know? <laughs> but wait, I have a question for you. Yeah. How come that we talk about this there's not that many blockers on the let's say main draw yeah main draw part and then two blockers <laughs> match up together for manhattan beach and me and jay crucia and yeah. a couple more defenders are like oh, are we supposed to play together yeah. now like give Dude, me the answer that was why, so funny why you and jake um Dietrich didn't mix up with some of the defenders yeah. me jake leela there were a couple with, more uh, with your tia because we had played really well together. We had played two tournaments. We won a CBVA, and then we got fifth in Denver, and, and we got knocked out by Billy and Allison. Like, it's not – I'm totally fine. We played really well, and Jake balled out. But we were, like, uncomfortably close for me to be in the qualifier. And I was like, dude, I'm not getting Lev and Alvaro Q25. <laughs> I was like, I'm going into the main draw. And then Leela texted me, like, three weeks after I told Jake I'd play with him. 
But I thought Lila was Lila like went AWOL. Like I didn't hear from him for like three months. I thought yeah. he like retired. And then I didn't know if you were home. And so me and Jake talked about it. And we've been good friends because he was one of the first friends I made when I moved out here in 2015. And uh, and he had played really well. And I thought split blocking would be a lot of fun. Like this year was just like a fun year for me. I mean, it's a good it's a good test, right? Yeah. Like you kind of be like, okay, let me see how split blocking works. Yeah. Like, do I like it? Do I don't like it? Is it successful? Yeah. You know, even like switching sides, like playing left side, right side. Like I choose to block. I'm like, let me see. Yeah. What we can do. My dad is like, are you really going to block? Like, this is like high level volleyball. I'm like, yeah. dad, I can do it. Yeah. Like, go on the live stream because I'll put it and count my blocks. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you some. Yeah. And I did. Like, I get like two per, per match. You know, it's still yeah. like decent number, you know. And if you're a good volleyball player, you can do anything. Yeah. Like, like you and Lilo are really good volleyball players. You can keep the balloon off the floor. And me and Jake are, we're good volleyball players. And we actually like... We played great against Nate and Mike, and yeah. we played really well in the second set against the Taylors and in stretches of the first set. And then against Marty and Rafi, we were just garbage. But that was an offensive issue more than anything. But it was fun. And it the is kind of fun, right? The only, I've played three tournaments this year split blocking, and I, I had won two of them. And then the third one was in Manhattan with Jake. And I was like, I mean, I've proven somewhat capable. <laughs> yeah. And it's so it's so much less tiring split blocking. Like, oh, I don't have to run all the way up there. <laughs> I, I hear that pretty often. Even, like, Lazar complains about, like, running to the net. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know if it's, like, the way my body's built, like, like big legs, like, and yeah. something. But I find that the easiest part is, like, for me to serve and run to the net. Yeah. But it's just, like, jumping when you're short, it's devastating. <laughs> it's, like, I'm, like, scratching and trying to touch something and, like... I I don't get tired. Like I can I can run it. I can pull. Yeah. I can jump four every single time. Jump serve and run. I don't care. But it's just like it's so exhausting in my mind not being able to touch the balls. Yeah. Like especially like when the ball is tight, I would like half jump because like my brain is like go get it instead of like loading all the way down to actually get some jump as yeah. a small guy. And I would literally like jump so low, people like tip over me. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like this is devastating, dude. <laughs> Did you so who did you guys play? You played Jake and Caleb, and then you played. So Jake and Caleb was okay because Jake is hitting a little lower. So right, like, that was a good okay matchup. Then we played Spencer Locke, okay, um, and Carlos. And Carlos, okay, and that was okay. Like I got a couple of blocks. Yeah, and then we played Lindell. That was great. I got and Dentler. I got plenty of blocks, and Lila had I think twenty two dicks. Like it was an insane match by <laughs> Lila. Yes, but it was a great matchup for us, and I yeah. was so excited. I went home, you know, like, we're going to the next day. You know, we're playing Saturday. I'm like, I'm blocking good. Lila's digging. And then we go to two big guys, and I'm like, I feel so small. Yeah. Like, uh, I think team had, like, a, a cobra spike down, like a power cobra over me. I'm like, what am I supposed to even do in this situation? Like, yeah. I feel, I feel, you know, like so weak yeah but you know there are good matchups and bad matchups like maybe if it's windy that would be a good team to, for us to play against you know because we can run a fastball yeah if there's a smaller guy obviously that's probably our better choice you know because like big guys just hit pretty high but i like the exploring part i actually surprised myself with being a blocker and actually getting two wins and getting three wins in the qualifier for chicago so for me i think this is also learning in a way now I understand better what the blocker is supposed to cover, and I understand how I should hide behind. Mm -hmm. And I'm really big on that. 
kind of timing cheat i wouldn't call it cheating i would say like tactical cheating yeah. Let, let's put it like that you know like andy talks about that and he i really like the way he explained is like the the best point like the the one most satisfying is if you can trick them and they shoot to you yeah dude i love that i'm like best. thank you like gotcha. that was such a good move by us like both blocker and defender that that guy thought that we're doing something else and he gave it right to me mm. or let's say we play a three and a four and they hit right to the block that means i set up well and my blocker set up well and we gave a good picture and i'm really big on that on timing and giving a different look and i think blocking helped me kind of realize a little better where i should line up as mm -hmm. a defender or as a blocker so i feel that i definitely grow by being a blocker you know not height height yeah. i'm still too small <laughs> how tall are you six four but it's not that bad, small bad man. jumper <laughs> i'm bad six jumper. four <laughs> yeah there's people who are six four are way better jumpers than me for blockers yeah but, you know it's still I, I i get something i get a really good fast defender behind me we work on our game i think i think we're gonna try to run like a little more like small ball a little faster tempo and you know like a little more moving of the ball yeah so i'm actually excited for chicago we practice a little different we made some adjustments after after manhattan something that we think that was not good and that we could do better and i feel in the practices already that it was better so yeah i feel that we're gonna come strong to chicago obviously 16 teams uh, everybody's gonna be good yeah um and we play taylors so um i'm excited i'm excited to show what we have and you know, just to continue exploring being a blocker yeah. with Leela. <laughs> and it's fun. It's fun just switching positions because it's so new. For sure. Phil Dahlhauser gave me the best little I don't even know if it's like advice, but just a little blocking snippet, golden nugget of wisdom. He's like, if you get this high over the net and you make the right calls at the right time, you'll get at least two blocks per set. Because like Phil will hit swings that tape. Allison will hit swings that tape. When you play these monsters, they still make mistakes on swings where they tape it. And if you're able to take advantage of those, you're going to get a lot of blocks. For sure. So like if you if you capitalize on their mistakes, like Bill Kalinsky is the golden example of that, where this dude like does not jump high, but his hands and timing of his moves are so good. Yeah. He had 11 blocks against Phil and Avery. 11! That's insane. That is huge. <laughs> I have I have a really hard time playing Bill. Yeah. Both like offensively and defensively. Mm -hmm. It's just like his pattern is so good in attacking. Some people have like a little easier job with him than they would like to serve him. Dude, he chopped us away in New Orleans. Yeah. Like every time I move, he's like cut shot. Every time I move, he's like line shot. Brian moves, step line. I'm like, dude, you're I told him after I'm like, your pattern is so good. Yeah. I pretty often like just freestyle. And I would try to make a decision late according to what I see. Yeah. Dude, he has a pattern. It's like if the player is here, he's doing this. If the mm -hmm. player is here, he's doing this. Obviously, if you if you study him, maybe you can get some pattern and you know, like play defense against him. But I was impressed with his offense, like the way his brain works and defense. Like he would just make that those small moves. And I'm like, oh, he's moving, he's not moving. Like, and then by the time I actually make a decision, he would like block me. I'm like, Yeah, bro, that's such a good move. Mm-hmm. You know, and like for, he's got those big, strong ass hand, like Midwestern hands, and he's just like, Phew! like he, you hit his hands, he's down. He's a really smart player. Like first time we saw him in Australia, like 2017. Yeah, and he was serving this deep ball, and Lazai and I <laughs> look at each other and we're like, 
what is this guy doing? <laughs> like literally serving a free ball. Yeah. Like at that moment, we were just volleyball players from indoor that start playing beach, you know, like, why is he serving free balls? Yeah. Like getting tired so he's running to the net like we don't get it yeah and then later when we learn actually that's probably lazar's favorite serve right now is like high, high deep, deep serve yeah give him gives him time to go back people really struggle setting it mm -hmm. like there's something that people just are not comfortable setting that ball and we get a lot of points on that and then yep. approaching from the baseline yep so like just at that moment like me learning about it is like billy's a genius like yeah you know he's physically maybe not Taylor Sander, you know, like not flying, jumping, but bro, he's a winner. Like he knows how to beat teams. Yeah. And it's impressive. And mm -hmm. he's doing it for years. And he, I want to go back and look at his record in third sets. Cause he, he gets better as it goes on because he thinks so well and he gets, you mentioned that he has a great pattern, but he locks into your pattern really early. So yeah. like, if I block a mangle, this is what his tendency is on the next one. He calls the, he calls great matches. Yeah, as a blocker, he's, he's one of the people I I ask him a couple of times. Like, he's one of the people I would love to play a tournament with. Yeah, just because I want to hear communication that he has. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. I'm I'm really curious to to see how he thinks. You yeah, know? and like the only way to learn how somebody thinks is playing with him. Yeah, you know? like he would tell you, and you would tell him, and you know, like I'm actually really curious. Like I, we would probably have a hard time because I'm a left sider and he's a left sider. Yeah, so probably one of us would go right. And I, I bet that would be me, <laughs> but uh, but I'm just curious, like, to figure out his brain. You know, it's yeah. like, I think I think that's something for sure that I feel I can grow. You mm -hmm. know, creating patterns and creating patterns in defense, and you know, like that's the fun part. Like you you learn how to play. Everybody on this level knows how to do everything. Right. right? Everybody knows how to cut shot, line shot, jumbo, block, play defense. Hit a jump serve, hit a float, short, deep. Like everybody knows. Right. What's the difference? The difference is brain, right? Mm -hmm. Difference is like, like strategy. Difference is adjustments, and difference is focus. Like, can you keep the focus? Like confidence as mm -hmm. well. Like those things create a good player, right? And I feel like technically I'm there, physically I'm there. Like I, I prove myself. Confidence is there. Strategy is the one that like makes that final touch. Mm -hmm. Strategy like. In attack, strategy, and defense, like that's where the best teams are. And that also goes back to my story about players playing together for years. Yeah. Then you can like th make those small moves, you know, like, hey, like this time do this, and that you know what your partner's gonna do. You know, like it's it's so fun. And like yeah. I think Andy was saying it a couple of times, it's so fun. And Miles says it on different podcasts a couple of times, it's so fun. Yeah. It's fun playing that, you know chess game mm -hmm. like you know finally i understand what's a chess game you know yeah. like oh it's a chess game oh i hit a line shot he moves there next time I hit the cut shot it's not it's like so much going on there yeah offensively and defensively on a high level that people can maybe see or not see depending if you're just trying to watch a game or actually trying to see what they're doing but dude it's so fun it's like, so fun i i love beach volleyball because of that like yeah i'm 28 right now and dude, I'm getting more and more excited. Oh, you're just a baby. Yeah, yeah you're just getting started, Deej. It's it's in US. <laughs> yeah, in US, it's yeah. like oh, you're under thirty. You're like oh, you're young. Yeah, we're like you know in Europe, you're like oh, you're thirty, bro. Like, yeah, like you know, national team is like oh, sorry, you're too old. Like we we need to like put money in the young guys. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like I'm I'm under thirty. Yeah. I'm like no, like your time's like you know. Yeah. We don't have that many years to put in I'm like, it's so wow. funny because like everyone's looking at andy bennett's like oh he's this like young american kid he's older than anders <laughs> like, yeah. 
here's this baby. Everyone's like, oh, like this young American. But he's like, by world tour standards, he's yeah. like a pretty medium age. For sure. <laughs> but world tour is just, dude, like those, that system that those countries have, they start building players so young. Yeah. Like US doesn't have that. Mm-mm. Like people play indoor and go to college. And, you know, like they're, those people in Norway, in in other countries, Germany, they're, dude, since they start playing sport, they only play beach. Yeah. But, you know, in U.S., you say, oh, I only play beach. That probably means, like, you picked it up after golf. Right. You know, like, yeah. you picked it up after because, like, you wanted to change something. Mm-hmm. But, like, there, like, I'm playing beach whole life means, like, I started as my first sport. And by the time I have 15, 16 years old, I know everything. Yeah. Not technique, but I know technique and tactic. And my body's already, like, used to sand and moving. And, you know, I know the fakes. And I know to make adjustments. And I know, you know, like... Every single player, like their tendencies, is like wow. Like these Swedish guys showed up. You're like wow. Like they, they're not young, and you know, like oh, they're young, and that's why they're winning because they're fresh legs and they're jumping and hitting. No, they're actually one of the smartest people over there. Mm-hmm. Like they know the game. Yeah, they run the system that is unstoppable. You know, like and uh, Andy Mole, like he's young, but yeah, he's the smartest blocker. Yeah, also physically gifted, crazy, mm-hmm. but that's not enough. And, like, for me, it's, like, those people had, they were lucky to have the system like that, right? To, like, learn from when they were young. But at the same time, like, for people who start late, you got to put in the years, yeah. right? And that's why in U.S. it's a little shifted because people start later. For me as well, like, it took me years to learn because there was nobody, like, really to teach us, like, you know, like, high, high-level beach volleyball. We had people who we tried to copy, but, you know, like, we never had a world champion or, like, Olympic champion or, yeah. you know, someone to, like, learn from. So, like, I feel I'm not surprised that young people are making results in Europe because the systems are so good. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to be so successful, unfortunately, that's the recipe. Like, you got to start. You got to put in the years. It doesn't matter when you start, but you got to put in the years. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, they're young or you're too old. You're not too old if you put in those years. Right. But by the time you put in the years, you're going to be... 35 mm-hmm. you know and that's why federations don't want it anymore in europe because like yeah. those years that they're going to put in you're going to play a couple more years and you're going to leave yeah and now they need a new player so they're like oh you're old i'm like i'm not old i'm 28 yeah. like use me for a couple more years at yeah. least use me to to build up those young guys you know like mm-hmm. at least something so yeah our uh our women are the exact opposite with the ncaa for sure Shoo. i mean we have like just a roster full of savages coming out like they're so I good i know i was i was really following actively last year because maureen was playing yeah i mean let's say a year and a half ago she was playing at lmu mm-hmm. um she was a second seed all american yeah I, I like to brag yeah but uh Come on, great, that's a good great, boyfriend. great player but i got to see the top teams because she was second seed so i saw the second seeds from other teams you know i was following almost every single yeah. match and you know like those girls play insane. So and good. then those girls that she played, she would be like, hey, you remember that girl we played from, doesn't matter, UCLA? Oh, she just won this future. Yeah. Oh, this girl from, you know, FSU won this. I'm like, that's insane. Like, all the college girls are, like, literally winning tournaments that we're competing in. You know, yeah. like, they're coming out of college and, like, boom, like, great players. Yeah. I mean, Lexi like, Denenberg just won a futures uh, in Korea. I saw, I saw. Yeah. That, that's impressive, you know. Like, that's how you, that's how you build up. That That was a great great like the way they created system for us like i love it and mm-hmm. i think it's gonna work really well because in europe as i said they take few girls and then they build up for years 
But dude, this is like a factory. Yeah. This is like just <laughs> like popping players. I know. And it's popping crazy because it's popping out international players too. Cause Tina yeah, that's Gra- bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tina Gradina was at SC. Uh, Molly McBain, she's yeah, going the, to world champs this, this for Canada. Spanish girls, they were. Yeah, Daniela and Tanya, yeah. they're still going to, they're coming back to TCU. Yeah. I mean, they might make the Olympics. I know. Like they got silver at European championships and they're coming back to college. <laughs> you have so many college girls, they're always great. And then if you think about it, who's coming up, you're like, dude, where's Set? Yeah. And like kind of to mix up that story with Men's Beach, it's like I hope Men's Beach would find their way one time. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Even so, you, yeah, tell me about that. What? Uh, even though you guys make fun of me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest college beach uh, player. I, I'm probably the oldest college player right now. But um, I'm I'm really grateful for yeah. uh, for the opportunity and when I was young, I was playing indoor in Serbia and I started playing beach and I was playing for national team. I was still high school and I was thinking like, dude, I would love to go to college to us. I want to live four years at the campus. I want to experience it. You know, like it would be the best time of my life, but I don't want to leave beach volleyball. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to leave that dream because I want to leave the beach volleyball dream. And after a couple of years, I got opportunity to leave both dreams at the same time. Yeah. Like go live the college, you know, college life and, compete against other colleges, study in US, you know, have that team and like meet people and, you know, create these friendships, have the experience and at the same time play beach volleyball. I'm like, this is opportunity that I, again, never expected. Like, yeah. again, lucky enough. So I got recruited by, um, by the Westcliff coach. And, uh, Who is what, the Westcliff coach? It was Kenny Ma. Okay. Uh, now is uh, Fernando. He also, he also used to play. Uh, Fernando Sabla? Yeah. Okay. I love Fernando. Fern, Fern is great. He's, he's awesome. He's such a good guy. Yeah. But um, Men's Beach Volleyball is really like at the at the beginning. You know, it's starting. There's Westcliff Beach Volleyball, Westcliff University Beach Volleyball team. And there's Weber. Yeah. And then there's other schools who are thinking about it or maybe creating teams. But basically, it's two big schools kind of competing for the national title and, you know, like all the glory. But... I think it's a great start. Yeah. I think it's a great start to like create that factory. So if USA wants to make beach volleyball teams, I think that's a good recipe to copy from mm-hmm. girls because there's so many talented players. Like I, there's so many indoor talented players. And if you think about what happens with indoor, right? People play indoor and after that, what they do? Go overseas. Go overseas or start working. Yeah. Because there's no league. So if they just transfer half of those people not even half give me a little piece you know and start making beach volleyball players they're probably not going to start working or go overseas they're going to transfer to beach volleyball to beach volleyball avp mm-hmm. tournaments and something and they're going to be produced like product for national team and now you're going to have like those people who are ready to play for national team and you know like win olympics and stuff like that because it's already a proven recipe yeah i understand there's problem with numbers of scholarships but it could be something that that could potentially grow. Yeah. And men's beach volleyball is, it's so fun, dude. It's, you, so you always talk about that system of like five seeds and, oh you know, like gosh, competing. The and, best. and it's something that I, I lacked for years was having a team. Yeah. When I left indoor in 2017, I didn't play indoor. So it's only me and the guy. Yeah. You know, and like, it's kind of lonely. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden you get to play the same sport but you have so many buddies. Yeah. And you have, you know, the buddies cheering for you yeah. and you can go all together after and celebrate. And dude, it's so fun being a part of the team. Yeah. So like, 
even though like it's kind of funny that I'm like 28 and playing college, you know, like beach volleyball, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I love that I'm that I got opportunity to study. That's first. Uh, I'm studying computer science, so for me it's like great to continue growing. But also I love just having opportunity to again be a part of a team, which I never thought it's going to happen. Plus studying in US, which I thought it's not going to happen. Yeah. So for me it was just a jackpot. I love I'm so grateful for that opportunity. I love it and you know, I'm excited. Like the season is supposed to start. Like we're starting next week with practices. Okay. So the season is supposed to be next two, three months. And Fern is a great coach. We have a great team. And we won the first national title last year. First men's Congratulations. champions as yeah. Westcliff. And we want to go for two. We we wrote the history like being a first school that ever won. And we wanna we wanna win again. And guys are super motivated. We have a really good team. So I'm just excited, you know, to like lead that team as a captain and, you know, help them as much as I can. I, I try to also coach a little bit, you know, like I was brought here in that team as a experienced player to share my experience mm-hmm. and, you know, like teach the other guys and kind of play by example, you know, and, you know, I'm trying every day to be that example, you know, the way I work out, the way I practice and, you know, I try to show them like, guys, this is the way. And to shake them a little bit if something is off. So I'm just excited. You know, yeah. being the youngest whole life to being the oldest and the mentor of the guys. It's like a little different role, but I love it. I feel yeah. I learned a lot through my career. I traveled the world. I met so many people. I learned from the best, right, from this sport, like Ricardo and Phil mm-hmm. and everybody on the way. Um, so I'm just excited to share that with the younger guys who love this sport. Yeah. You're just getting started, Deej. Dude, love it. Yeah. I'm living the dream. <laughs> You're living the dream. Well, where can people uh, follow you living the dream? Um, they can follow me on uh, Instagram, Georgia Klashnik. How do you spell it's that? It's kind of hard to spell. Yeah. D-J-O-R-D-J-E. Yeah. So uh, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Georgia. Georgia. Georgia, Georgia is my name. Got right? it. But it's so complicated. People cannot remember. You know when you hear like a new name, you're like, yeah, I forgot it. Yeah. Like DJ is just easy to remember. You connect it to like... Yeah. DJing and okay like, <laughs> now people know my name it's hard to forget a guy with two letters <laughs> and, and and i like the nickname you know it's yeah. it's working people in u.s actually know me as dj like if you yeah. say georgia people would be like what yeah so um on instagram i'm there on facebook i'm there a little less but i'm still there um i response messages i i try to communicate with people um and i love you know helping people with beach so if anybody has any questions about volleyball and you know like you know, working out or something like that, I'm always happy to help. Um, and there's a YouTube channel that I kind of stop a little bit, Beach Quick. Uh, I was doing tutorials, so mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go back to that as well. Um, that's another place. So um, I'm active. I try. I post a lot of my games live on my Beach Volleyball channel. Uh, Beach on Quick. YouTube? Yeah. Got it. Um, so usually I would post a story on my Instagram. Hey, I'm playing. And then so if anybody wants to follow games... I pretty often post live streams. Perfect. So that's kind of a place. Right on, brother. Stoked to see you living the dream. Dude, thanks for for inviting me again. I feel like if you make it first time, you did something good. Yeah. If you get invited twice, you're doing something real nice. Yeah. You're still doing it. I'm like, okay, (laughs) this feels special. It's like another win, another tournament. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had a great freaking year. And uh, I think think next year's the time. I think we're going to have to play at least one together. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. <laughs> Penciled it in. Here we go. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks again, dude. Shoot.